0: All right. Good morning, everyone. Um, We're going to start off with some scripture reading. Um, I have two passages I particularly want to share with you. The first one is in the book of Ecclesiastes. It says this, of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. That's, (laughs) it's right there. You know, if that's what you're feeling today, If that's what you've been feeling, you know, if that's what you know you're going to be feeling as we're reaching the end, and especially to my fellow graduates, the writer of Ecclesiastes knows what you are going through, and it is normal. Get some sleep. But in all seriousness, the encouragement I want to share is from the book of Philemon, and it reads this. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. And my encouragement and my thankfulness today is that you have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. And as I look to the future, especially to my fellow graduates, I know that this is going to be my prayer, which I say over again and over again and over again as I think back to you all and as I think back to my time here at Summit is that we have built one one another up and I know that going forward, we will continue to refresh the Lord's people as we serve him and as we serve them wherever we may go. And so that's my thankfulness and my encouragement to you today.
1: Thank you, Colin, that was lovely. Um, Okay, so I get the honor of sharing a little reflection with you guys. Um, And first, when Gavin asked me uh, not too long ago, my first instinct was no. (laughs) Not though, because I'm afraid of public speaking, because I'm not, but because I feel like I barely even went here. (laughs) I started as a very introverted commuter way back when, um, and then it was COVID, I blinked, and now I'm graduating. So I feel like I'm just maybe not the right person for the job, but anyways, I get to share. <laughs> um, there's a good chance that we haven't met in all light of that. So hi, I'm Natasha. Um, I'm graduating from the counseling program this year, and I'm very excited to share. <laughs> all right, so we're going to talk a little bit more about what my time here looked like. So first off, I've had all of one whole meal in the cafeteria. Gasp, I know. I've been in the Holdcroft once. Um, I've done very few of the classic summit things. Um, I've never been to a Moor. I have never even been to a Groud Chapel before, so if I'm way off the mark, just blame it on that. Um, I even married somebody that's not a summit student. I know it's a cardinal sin. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, I've really, really loved my time here. Um, I encourage all of you who are in years earlier than me not to do what I did be involved, (laughs) make friends, it's a good thing. Um, But in order to commemorate my time here, I wanted to um, do some deep research as to what the last few years have looked like. So we're gonna dive in, I've got all my notes here because I promise you I have researched this um, very deeply. They are extremely accurate numbers with absolutely no errors, so get ready. I have written 75 papers. I have read 40 books. Shout out to you, Mel. I have watched 1,253 of you pair off and marry each other. Very happy for you. (laughs) I have been almost eaten by bears three times. Rest in peace. Um, Been deeply moved by Doug and or Andrew's lectures 32 times and shed about 105 tears. Attended about three whole class gatherings, so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen Mark Hawks in a Pope costume only once it should have been much more I don't know if Mark is in here but wear it more there you are (laughs) been hunted down by Jerry 18 times (laughs) I know I did pretty well (laughs) pretty on the ball heard 167 hot takes very snarky ones from none other than Josh Reynolds (laughs) Drank about 600 litres of coffee from the bookstore. Seen 1,172,342 stink bugs. And been terrified of every single one. Seriously, you guys have a problem, please call an exterminator. (laughs) I've had about 15 heart-to-hearts with the one and only Mel Dealey. Blessings. Uh, Unlocked and relocked the gate 15 trillion times. All you Morrison and Friesen people get me been convicted deeply by the Holy Spirit via Mark's teaching about 43 times. Thank you again. Shed about 57,000 tears in this here chapel and made a heck of a lot of lifelong friends. So if you can't tell already, this place is really special. I have, it has transformed me so much. I am by no means the same woman that I was when I walked in here four years ago. Um, and even though I didn't get maybe get the full summit experience, it has really been a delight to be here with each and every one of you. you. Um, so just trust the process. If you are just starting out here and you're like, "When am like, you know, what's it gonna look like?" Just trust the process because the Lord does amazing things through the staff, through your fellow students, um, just through just through everything. So my prayer for you is that um, that you just enjoy and let the Lord lead you and guide you. Um, and one thing that really stuck out to me as we were just singing is. Um, One thing that I've seen a lot as a graduate is I've seen a lot of graduates go before, and a lot of people stay faithful, and some people walk away. And I find that really heartbreaking because it's so easy to be a Christian when you're at Summit. But when you walk away and you're in your own world, it's really easy to fall away. Um, So, fellow graduates, I'm speaking to you now. Please stay faithful to the Lord. He is so good. Don't forget what He has done here. Um, Hold on to it fast when you go back home and when you go and maybe work in the marketplace or work in, in the church, please just hold on to him because he's so good. And I don't want you to be another number on my list of people who have walked away. So much love. Passing it off to Alex now.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Natasha. Okay, uh, going to jump right in. Uh, when I was asked to share and reflect at mine, On my time at Summit, um, and as always, always, putting myself back into the memories that I've had, uh, the common thought that was coming to my mind was, what is going on? Okay, I know that might not be what you're expecting, but when you hear about some of the stories that I have to share, you would have been saying the exact same thing as me. Okay, so let's jump in to some of the experiences I've had here at Summit. Starting off year one, This was like in the first week. I remember we had this student council event, um, and it was kind of like amazing race style. We were going around campus, doing a couple of different activities. And the one activity that we had, there was someone who had to lay on the ground, and then another person had to like stand on a bench, and they had to scoop out chocolate pudding and drop it on this person's face. And you know how sometimes there's people that are just, like, a little too eager to do things? It's like, I'll take one for the team. It's like, you want to be there for some reason, okay? <laughs> this, this was my experience. And then, so there was this person, my teammate, on the ground, and then she got up. She got chocolate pudding everywhere, everywhere. And I'm like, girl, stop grinning. You got, like, everywhere. Like, I don't know why you're happy, okay? But that's my experience. And I was like, what is going on? And that was at the start, and then it was, it was a good year, but then at the end, everything COVID happened. Um, and I'm sure all of you can remember exactly where you were and how you responded to things getting canceled. For me, when I heard that my trip was canceled and that more got canceled, the first thing I did was go back to my room and just start intensely scrubbing my bathtub. <laughs> I don't know why. (laughs) I was like, this year is going to take stuff away from me, but not my bathtub. It will be cleaned. (laughs) So that's why. And I don't know what was going on. Okay? (laughs) And that was year one. And then second year, right? This was like the peak definition of a fever dream. This year was like none other. Okay? There was so much. There was like four different chapels. God bless you guys. That was a lot. Okay, we didn't have chapels together. We had Zoom classes. I confess openly. there were times where I was listening to lectures, while rinsing out shampoo and conditioner from my hair. OK, I was in the shower. I'm, there was times where I was just like fall asleep in my bed. I'm like, "Oh, sorry, Doc, what were you saying? I don't even know like it happened. OK, I'm going to be honest with you guys. <laughs> uh, that was second year, and then third year. Honestly, good year. Shout out to my Omega team, Team C. Um, It was a great year. I only got one thing to comment on in year three. Mexican lasagna. Seriously? Seriously, what? What was going on? Okay, no hate on the cap, but Mexican lasagna, that was scary. Okay, and I remember looking and I'm being like, what is going on? Right? (laughs) And so my time at Summit has been pretty, pretty crazy. A lot of moments making me question the decisions that I've made. (laughs) But I'm here four years later, and I'm still asking the same question. What is going on? I've had opportunities that I never thought I would. I've had, I'm graduating if Wilf lets me. I'm pretending to be an adult when I'm literally 11 years old. (laughs) This this doesn't have anything to really do with my summit, but I just thought this was funny, so I'm going to share it. Yesterday at church, this was like one of the most memorable conversations I've ever had at church. After the service... They were sharing cotton candy with everybody in attendance, and I was, like, arguing with this seven-year-old boy about who was first in line (laughs) and who was going to be able to get cotton candy first. It was awesome. I let him go first, don't worry. But I just thought it was hilarious. (laughs) So here I am pretending to be an adult (laughs) and pretending, like, I should be here graduating. Um, (laughs) And I'm still asking the same question, what is going on? But I'm thankful that now when I ask the question, it looks a lot differently than it did in first year. Instead of it being attached to concerns or nerves or fears, now I'm asking the question in awe of what God has done over the past four years. Now when I ask the question, what is going on, it's out of thankfulness for everything that he has given me and blessed me with over my time at Summit. I ask, what is going on I have friends and mentors that I never thought that I would need I have my direct the red, sorry the direction of my life has changed for the better I say what is going on I've learned so much about who God is and who he's made me to be as a leader who I am is not who I was, and that's all because of of God's work in my life, even when I was unaware of it. And so if I could leave you with an encouragement, I would say to everyone in this room, students, staff, anyone in attendance, take the time to just pause in your life and honestly ask God, what is going on? Because I bet you'll find that he's doing some pretty amazing things. So here's to summit all the staff and students and everyone who contributed to the past 4 years being so transformative for me and all the other grads in this room. It's been such an incredible time and I can couldn't be more thankful for all that was going on over the past 4 years. So thank you. Well,
3: I'm, I've am i been sitting here listening to all these amazing words from my fellow graduates but also being very worried that I could have picked a better passage today. <laughs> <laughs> um, one's about working hard. I don't know. Consider the ant. Um, but the one I chose was 2 Timothy 1 9 to 14 actually. I, I said 12 but I meant 14. Um, just because it's the good news of Jesus Christ. And I think that that is good enough. (laughs) Um, I think it's good for us to have in the centers of our hearts always at the end of the year and every day. Um, So, yeah. But join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and, brought, and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am, yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him that day. What you heard from me keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in
0: us.
4: You guys are awesome. Reading, reflecting, grads speaking through the year, speaking so well. You know, when I was a student, I changed majors so that I wouldn't have to be up here. (laughs) I'm not lying. Pastoral theology, they said you had to do an internship. You had to, you know, potentially be in a church and speak to people. I said, absolutely not. I know somebody. We're fixing that. <laughs> well, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> I do praise God for the opportunity. I'm, I'm honored. I'm humbled. I'm absolutely humbled to be in front of you. In fact, I'm really quite nervous, like some of you have been. But honestly, that none of that matters. Because all of us together, we share the same truth. Jesus has risen. Amen? That, I promise you, literally, is life-changing. It's life-maintaining. It's It's life-saving. My life, in fact. And there's so many things in Exodus and Everywhere else in Scripture that I could talk about today that has relevance. One thing that I want to talk about, I chose because it has particular relevance to me. In fact, well, I mean, every bit of Scripture does, but this in particular, though at first glance it might not seem like it. Well, let me get into it. Excuse me, my notes, my glasses. I'm going to refer back to a time before I joined the party, before I accepted Christ. And life can be difficult. The metaphor that we sometimes use, a dark place, you know, we're called to be a light in a dark place. Well, I lived in that dark place. And This isn't a description of my life, but as a description of a dark place, there's, you know, guns, gun violence, wars, genocide, child abuse, human trafficking, all of these kind of thing. I mean, not really a description of our everyday life here in the Lower Mainland, maybe more appropriate to our context. Drug addiction, alcoholism, homelessness, pronouns, Things like this, but it's a dark place. And what is the answer to this? Of course, we know the answer. We're called to be a light in this dark place. Amen? A light to the nations, as it were. But my question to you today is, what does that look like? And what should it not look like? My main point is, and if you're so inclined, do you write this down, that it ought to look like something. Simply, it ought to look like something. It's not just something that as Christians we say that we believe because we're, we are Israel and Israel's called to be a light to the nations, Isaiah, and therefore we are a light to the nations and don't hide your light under a lamp and all of that kind of thing it ought to look like something more than simply what we say. Something, it ought to look like something separate, something holy, something set apart. Does it sound like I'm going to talk about Exodus when I say things like that? Well, give me a few minutes. Let's see what we can do. So we are going to continue today in our series god's plan in exodus Uh, so far as my part in this celebration is concerned we've been working through ancient israel's time in egypt and their call out of egypt the wonders and signs performed there to reveal god to israel as the god of their fathers the same wonders and signs performed there as plagues on Egypt to reveal in fact God to Egypt and so to the world don't miss that part that often repeated phrase they shall know that I am the Lord my portion in this series Exodus chapters a lot of them (laughs) but I want to focus Particularly. particularly on on the law given to the Moses in chapters in chapter twenty, the Ten Commandments. What I'd like to present this morning about that giving of the law to Israel and the significance what the significance of that might be are the following points. You can make these your takeaways. As expected, there are three of them. only because I watched all of you do the same thing. First, as indicated by the law, in fact, we are called out from the world and that to be separate from the world, whatever that might look like, we'll have to see. Second point, the whole of the law and the prophets, we'll focus on the law for now. The whole of the law can be expressed by words that we recognize. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. And third, not really a third point so much as a a concluding, premise A, premise B, conclusion. Israel, the church, God's children, we are light in the darkness. When, like Israel, keeping ourselves separate from the things of the world, we love those who are lost in the world. Lost in that dark place. When we love them with the love God has given us. So a long time ago, before I joined the party, as it were, I was being evangelized by a very kind lady over the space of maybe two years. And we would talk about Jesus and I would try to distract from that conversation a lot. And I would always be asking questions about what was okay to do and what was not okay to do. Trying to trick her up, trying somehow to prove the hypocritical nature or the contradictory nature of Christianity or religion in general. All of that so that I could alleviate somehow my already conviction that I was wrong, that I was a sinner. She didn't answer me what was right and what was wrong. Really, she never did. She just simply showed me an example of the love of God. She loved me with the love of God. She was a light in that dark world where I lived. So my intention today is to somehow, by the Ten Commandments, (laughs) urge you to be the same thing, whatever that might look like. So to my first point then, We tend to consider that the giving of the law is what made Israel a nation, God's people separate from all the other nations, a nation unto themselves. And of course it is, but I think sometimes we miss what else is should, what else should be understood by this. Why this? Why is Israel called to be separate from other nations? Remember back further, God called Abraham and his family out of Ur. Not simply to relocate them. The water in Ur was bad. Not at all. Well, in a manner of speaking, the water was bad. God called them out of Ur, calling them out of a particular type of culture, polytheistic, idolatrous culture. Called them to be separate from that false worship and all the ways that it was manifest. Called out in order to not take part in it and thereby not be influenced by it. And and that simply not, not simply to not do something, but in fact to do something else, to be something else to live righteously, reflecting reflecting God's standard. For Israel, much later, this separation, this move toward holiness, set apart from the nations. Sorry, I keep wanting to put my hand in my pocket. It's really distracting. (laughs) I learned a long time ago, if you're talking about God or you're praying, don't hide your hands. You're hiding something from God. But I'm nervous, and i got to put my hands in my pocket. <laughs> Hide my nervousness from you, but God is good. So for Israel, this separation, excuse me, this move toward holiness, this set apart from the nations, this was expressed by God's giving the law to Israel through Moses at Sinai. You shall have no other gods before me. This is the creation of God's people a nation that would actively reflect God's standards, God's rule, God's justice, God's righteousness, God's love, in fact. What great nation is there that has statutes and rules so significant as all this law that I set before you today? These are Moses' words to Israel uh, later on, reminding them of what they've been given. We, like Israel, like Abraham from Ur, we are called out of the world. We are called in some way to be separate from the world. Not to be geographically separated from the rest of the world, but in fact to be set apart from the world in terms of holiness, righteousness, all the while subject to the rule of God. Reflecting the love of God. You don't just leave one life, one lifestyle, one culture. Some gods don't do that, as it were, without knowing what to do instead. Which brings me to my second point. And the fact that I have yet to read the scripture that I have in view. So let me read Exodus 19 to the end of the world. No, not really. But in Exodus, 9, in, in Exodus 19, leading up to the Ten Commandments, Moses is up and down the mountain giving instructions to the Israelites how to prepare for when God's presence descends among them. This isn't my point, but I'll say it anyway. He says to them, prepare for the third day. A significant saying, I think, appropriate for this weekend. But I'm not going to go there. It's the stuff of a good paper, though. If you want to, next next year in OT Theo, remember. Obviously, that doesn't that only applies to one or two of the grads. <laughs> Sorry, my notes glitched for a sec. I don't know what I was saying. Let's focus on the Ten Commandments in Exodus (laughs) chapter 20. So in Exodus chapter 20, it reads, You shall love the Lord your God with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Of course, these are Jesus' words, Jesus' own words. Understand the law being given to Israel through these words, by Jesus' words. Exodus chapter 20, you shall have no other gods before me. Don't make idols. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath. That is, love God with all your soul and all your mind, all your strength. This is a a deep reverence for for God, and a commitment to him marked by all your soul and all your mind. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Jesus said, the second is like it, like the first. The next few laws, Exodus 20, honor your parents. Do not murder. Don't commit adultery, steal, lie, or covet. Recognize Jesus' words here. Love your neighbor as yourself. These guidelines are meant to be understood as founded upon and flowing from our committed love of God. His love for us. If you love God, reflect that in these godly ways. The love you have for God, the redeeming love God has for you, this is the foundation. God's sacrifice for you, your sacrifice for somebody else, as it were. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. What separates us from the world that we live in? The culture that seeks to influence us away from commitment to God. This, what separates us, is our love for God, expressed in those many ways listed in the law given to Israelites. Now, I know I don't have any oxen that have broken your fence and gored your slaves. But I don't think that the precepts indicated by these Ten Commandments and all the laws that come after the minor stipulations I don't think that the precepts indicated by these are really difficult to get. How to treat our neighbors. All of these things, the 10 commandments, the case specific laws, the minor stipulations, all of these things reflect what many describe as being, as presenting a, a kingdom ethic a way of living that honors God and that promotes the flourishing of a community. It's characterized, uh, having surveyed all of these laws, it's characterized by justice, righteousness, holiness, mercy, and a deep reverence for God. This is what Israel's is called to be, to be set apart in these ways. They are to be that bright lamp in an unjust world, an example of justice, mercy, righteousness, kindness to the poor and the needy, protection for the widow and the orphan, justice for the oppressed. Moses' words to the Israelites later, keep them and do them. They will be your wisdom and understanding, insight of all the peoples who, when they hear these statutes, will say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people, and the purpose made clear throughout the Exodus events and the giving of the law, that they may know the Lord. The law sets us apart, sets a standard. Maintaining that standard is founded on our love and commitment to God our actions, our behaviors flowing from that commitment, these are revealing to the world, even, I might say, convicting the world. We, like Abraham, like Israel, we're called to be holy, to be set apart, different then, in order to be an expression of God's love his redeeming love, and that in order to be a light for those whose path is dark. Whether we're a nation among the nations, or an individual in a community, a grad going back to our family, whatever it might be, we ought to be that holy expression of God's love. I know this is grad chapel, so I'm going to end up being briefer than Alex. I know this is grad chapel, so let me say something especially to the grads. The grads who will find themselves immediately thrown into that dark world, that world in which you might seem a stranger. I encourage you, be a stranger in it. Commitment to God can be easily undermined by the culture in which you find yourselves. Be a stranger in it. Be separate, be holy, be different then. Be love and all that's implied by that. Be not afraid to stick around. Be the protector, be the defender, be the abstainer, be whatever it takes, whatever is necessary, and it is necessary. Be the light in this dark world. Be that person who will be the light on the path of someone who is lost, some one person who is lost. Living in darkness. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise your name. Life is difficult sometimes for some people to be focused on the needs of others, on others in any way. But Lord, you are one God, one spirit. One truth that we hold to, that motivates us, that moves us as we have you to shine light on our path, cause us to be a light for others. Lord, reveal your heart to us. Cause us, give us opportunity as we go from here today, as we go from here this summer, In our life, give us opportunity to share your heart with others, to be a light, to be seen in this dark world. Christ, we praise your name. You are risen. You have changed lives. This is the hope,
2: the truth, and the life. Amen.